Welcome to Rewrite the Mother Code, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves. Through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences, we're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way that you never have before, but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. I am excited about this week's solo episode because I'm going to combine an experience I had on my very recent, um, just a week ago, self-mothering fall equinox retreat and dive into the topic of joy. All right. So first I'm going to share an experience I had on the weekend for myself personally around joy and then dig into it a little bit more because it it brought up uh, more than I expected. And since then, my exploration of it has been really, really interesting. So I hope you find it so. And, you know, that this leads us all to exploring the topic, but more importantly, having more joy in our lives and cultivating joy. All right. So here's what happened. On the retreat, before we were going to go have a particular experience, I had us all draw a animal card. So, you know, Oracle decks where... You can use them all sorts of ways. Like there's, you know, full on tarot decks, but Oracle decks, I think are a little bit different because, you know, they're just giving you a message uh, in a particular moment or asking for something that you may need in that moment. I find them incredibly useful. I probably use them uh, on a daily basis, but for sure on a weekly basis, just exploring and, and looking for insight. Okay. So that being said, We went around and everyone picked a card. And the card that I picked was Hummingbird. So normally or historically, I would have been elated, joyful to to pick the Hummingbird card. It's a totem of mine. I, I have Hummingbird necklaces. There's just something so captivating. And anytime I see one, it it really does bring me joy. So I was surprised when I pulled the card and wasn't as joyful as I usually am because it was everybody else was like whoa you got the hummingbird like that's your totem and how cool that you pulled it and I just kind of was curious and I didn't say anything in the moment but I realized as I sat with it a little bit uh, that I was disappointed I was like oh I don't know we were in this such a powerful space on the on the weekend and on the retreat (sighs) so funny. I felt like I should graduate from joy, right? Like I should like, sure. As if I have joy handled and, uh, I wanted a card like the Jaguar, you know, um, the leopard, I don't know, something that was really like assertive and powerful and, and, uh, you know, has that, I don't know, that, that mysterious kind of dark, almost, um, powerful nature to it. So I sat with that a little bit. And when we went into this experience, I, you know, I asked for support around this, like what's kind of what's going on with, you know, me around joy and, and why I might not be excited about pulling this card. And 
the answer, so to speak, that came to me as I, well, here's what I thought about, and I'm going to call it an answer. You know, um, I started thinking about joy and experiences I've had of it. And, you know, they're, I'm not going to say few and far between, but they're, you know, it's, it doesn't fill my day, so to speak. And then I started thinking about the fam, you know, my family of origin, the family I grew up with and my parents and when or if I ever saw them really express joy. And I was just, I was really sad. I got really sad thinking about really not much of anything coming up in that regard. Now I could picture us, you know, there was four of us, I have a brother and my mom and dad, but with some extended family playing crazy eights, you know, playing cards and laughing and, and being silly and having fun but that was the the closest memory I could come. I mean, Christmas would have some joy, but it was always a little, it also had other edges to it, but I didn't see my parents enjoying Christmas. I didn't see them joy filled at some of these times. They gave us some, some wonderful, you know, joy filled experiences, but to see them experience joy. And then I started thinking about my extended family, uh, my grandparents on my mother's side, who I just, love dearly and, you know, even tear up thinking about how special they are to me and how close I felt to them. But when I stood back and thought about picturing them in any kind of experience, having joy or, you know, spontaneous laughter or, you know, a belly laugh or like, wow, like, look at that. And or something happening that they shared their joy around it, couldn't find it. Couldn't find it there. Couldn't find it when I looked at my dad's side of the family. Now, that side of the family was more creative. You know, I my aunts, at least two of them danced. I think all of them played a musical instrument. So they had like ways to kind of connect with joy, but they ended up getting distorted in a way because my two of my aunts, um, really good dancers, went to Las Vegas and became you know, dancers in Las Vegas, showgirls. And I see pictures of them in these beautiful costumes and outfits. But then I'm also aware, you know, that, you know, that life took them into drugs and alcohol and um, some pretty definitely not joy-filled situations that I've heard about. So there was that, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a way bigger job and it, maybe that was the heaviness I felt with pulling the card and being with joy and looking at my own life, but looking at, you know, what, what does it really take? You know, what is this emotion of joy? Cause it's certainly, you know, I, I very much orient to, and I have over many years oriented to five primary emotions, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. And Joy gets the least attention. It's kind of this like, oh, okay, you know, joy is important, but let's just focus on on fear, hurt, and anger, right? And let's get a handle on those because I really do believe we need to feel all of our emotions that without feeling our sadness or our hurt or even our fear, anger, our capacity or openness to feel pure joy is limited. So that I definitely believe, but like what's going on, you know, with this joy thing. And I, I took on in that moment, 
I don't know, the, the, my own personal assignment to dig in and explore joy more and really look at this emotion. And so I did one of the things I do as a, as a researcher is like, let's see what studies there are. What's been, what's in the, um, you know, academic literature around the emotion of joy and found some really interesting, um, and for me, expansive thinking, sometimes, you know, you think about academic studying something and oh boy, studying joy is going to just dampen the whole thing, but it really brought to light. And I just want to take a couple minutes and share some of that. And then, you know, we'll close by looking at like, what, how do we bring more joy into our lives and, and what would it mean to do that? And that's what, you know, where I've been and what I've been doing. So Turns out that joy has been is been one of the least studied human emotions. And this is despite the fact that it's on everyone's list of basic or primary emotions. And in fact, if awards were given for the emotion most neglected by psychologists, joy would surely be among the contenders. It is the last major unexplored positive emotion. So, you know, there's a whole field in psychology, positive psychology. And, you know, as I read some of this, it's it's very much, joy is very much usurped, overshadowed by happiness. You know, there's a lot of happiness studies. And so I kind of wanted to look at, you know, what are some distinctions? And this is something, you know, as much as I'm going to share in, in the Rewrite the Mother Code uh, paradigm, you know, what I'm looking to do here for myself is explore, you know, what does culture tell us about this emotion? What does, what did our family, like I was exploring um, the codes that were written around joy. So if I were to go back and look at, you know, what I shared about my family and the lack of it, you know, I could read into that and say, okay, well, joy isn't, it's anything from joy isn't okay. Joy isn't allowed. It happens, you know, to, to few people and you know, it really, it's best to just kind of keep things under wraps, you know, keep all of our emotions, but joy for sure. Like I remember my dad, you know, saying things like when I was just being a kid, right. And I think as kids, we have way more access, you know, stop that giggling, you know, quiet down. I'm, I'm watching the news, you know, (laughs) and we all know that the news is filled with anything but joy. So yeah, let's not, you know, bring some joy into the picture. So exploring it from our family perspective and then exploring it in culture. And I think, you know, hearing this, that it's the least explored. So, you know, what's going on about this? And and why I'm saying this is like, you know, no matter what I say about it or what we're going to explore, it's yours to decide what does joy mean to you? What does happiness, is it important to make this distinction? You know, um, how would having more joy in your life, what would it bring to you, you know, specifically, and how do you want to play with it? So this particular theorist I thought was helpful to make the distinction between happiness and joy so we can have um, some distinctions. So she defines happiness as referring to a general sense of well-being and a cognitive evaluation of one's life as a whole. So this would mean like that happiness would correspond to a broader and more cognitive evaluation of one's life. So it's kind of more in our head, more how we think about it, you know, happiness is, it's a little more generalized, right? And whereas joy, it's a momentary emotion, right? So I I don't think of happiness so much as an emotion. And I like this definition because it it's more of a general sense of well-being. It's like a, it's a state. Uh, it's a, 
you know, something that is, you know, kind of we have it or we don't is sort of thing. So I'm going to keep exploring that. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in, and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. So joy, a momentary emotion. Let's think of some joy, like it's spontaneous, right? Like it's like, whoa, kind of catches us by surprise. Now, I, I do think we'll talk about how we can evoke joy or bring joy into our life, but oftentimes it's it's somewhat unexpected, right? Like we're, we may be watching a sunset, but then suddenly it like bursts into color and it's like, ah, you know, that I think whenever we have that or awe feeling, joy is the emotion connected to that. And, you know, some others look at it as like the emotion that makes life worth living. It makes life worth living in the moment because it resonates with our core identity. And this is where, you know, they'll start looking at joy related to our core values, 
you know, who we really are, what matters to us and something touches it and boom, you know, some examples of a joy eliciting situation, you know, can, can include just so we can get a, a picture of this and you can relate, you know, watching your, if you have kids or watching kids playing kindly with each other, you know, having an otherwise unexceptional meal with, with your family, running in a field on a sunny spring day, you know, like I said, having an emotion, watching fireworks, you know, when you see people's faces and the, Ooh, and the, ah, right. I want to start kind of picturing like, and I can think of it in my family of creation now, you know, and this was something that came up when I was thinking about how bereft my uh, upbringing was of joy in, in my family atmosphere and how I quickly learned like, you know, tamping it, damp it down, you know, all that. And and my, I also couldn't picture most of my family, except the ants that danced on stage, you know, just dancing, spontaneously dancing or, and I remember a moment turning on music with when my kids were little and just spun us all just jumping up and spontaneously dancing. And it really hit me. It's like, wow, this is something I never did in my upbringing, but here it is. And I just, I felt just awash with joy and I, when I looked, there were several instances I could think of with my family. Movement was involved, right? Like there was another time we went into a parking lot with another family. We got out of our cars, cranked up our car radios and danced in the parking lot. And, you know, once you kind of get over like, oh my gosh, is somebody going to see us? And there's this embarrassment and, and really turned ourselves over to flow in that dance. It, it's a memory that still you know, moves me when I think about it and I can picture it and it brings joy to me, even in the recollection of it. And then the other one, you know, movement and realizing how much movement is involved here. And I think dance is a big way for us to connect with joy was after one of my daughter's soccer games. And we just hung out for a while and then kicked the ball around on the soccer field on this beautiful, sunny, bright day. And we this just wasn't something we normally did, you know, where just to have us together being silly, playing, you know, kicking. There was usually, I think, um, another distinction a therapist or uh, one of the theorists makes is happiness can be a bit more goal oriented, right? Like we're happy when we achieve something, like we achieve a goal where, you know, this, I didn't have a goal to. Uh, I mean, yes, I might say like, I'd love to have more spontaneous joy in my family, but I didn't have a goal to, you know, set out to, you know, go to a soccer field and, and, and have, you know, we, I think intention is involved with it, but it's not so goal oriented. And I think that's something for us to consider. We'll talk about how every emotion has a function, right? And they, they serve a function in our lives and, you know, even our sadness, our anger, and I won't go into all of those and their function, but they all have a function. And one theorist, theorist says her hypothesis is that joy signals opportunities to understand ourselves better. That one of the functions is to understand, like I have been understanding and looking at this and in those moments that, wow, like this togetherness with my family in movement, in spontaneity, helps me know myself and how that matters to me. You know, we're letting go of petty concerns and it it can serve to inform us about our core identity and our values. You know, I valued 
um, this time together. It motivates us to invest energy in what truly matters to us. I love all of that. So I hope this is, you know, resonating with you and it's, it's allowing you to think about joy in, you know, a way that makes a difference to you. And, you know, I just want to say a, a few more things that, that were striking me about joy. And then we'll kind of close up looking at like how we can, how we can be with this more in our life and how we can bring more joy. So by giving expression to our ecstatic nature, joy points, and right now I'm going to read something from one of these articles, joy points beyond itself to something deeply true about human nature and purpose. In true joy, our souls are opened, giving our existence a certain fluidity, a sense of easiness. By kindling a science of joy, see, because a lot of these theorists, you know, are pointing out how, wow, how, why isn't this emotion studied more? We're really missing out and our where our culture is so bereft of joy in so many ways, the importance of this is is so important. So it sounds kind of funny to me, like the science of joy, but it, I love it. I love that this is happening and that theorists are starting to take notice and and really dig into it. So by kindling a science of joy, we hope also to raise public consciousness about the meaning and significance of joy as a foundational element of the good life the pursuit of which is not exhausted by a nearly exclusive preoccupation with happiness in contemporary culture, like I talked about, right? Nor in the science or practice of positive psychology. We simply cannot understand what it means to be human unless we understand joy. Well, that's really powerful, right? We cannot understand what it means to be human unless we understand joy. Where, when, and how it occurs, how it changes our lives, and how it is sustained or thwarted. Wow. Okay. So this joy thing and me, you know, poo-pooing, picking the hummingbird card, which, you know, when you look in, in general, or you look up the, the meaning of hummingbird and, and that it's, and in this one book, it is joy. It's sweetness of life, love, nature, awe, flowers, building or redecorating infinity, rainbow, you know, just, I, I, I follow, um, on Instagram, uh, someone who I don't have it in front of me. I'll look for it and put it in the show notes that just, you know, puts videos and pictures of hummingbirds and it brings me joy every time, just the miraculousness of them, those tiny little wings beating so fast and in a figure eight of, of infinity. So, you know, I don't think having joy connected with it for no reason. You know, there's really something behind this. So for me, I've been aware since being with this and from the weekend and so much more came out and I can't wait to talk even more about the retreat, but this is an example of it, right? Like I didn't go in there. Oh, I did. I went in saying, I want to explore, you know, more of, of having pleasure and, you know, and really finding out like what turns me on and where do I find pleasure and, and cultivate more of it. And, you know, joy right there, right. Um, joy and pleasure and putting those two together. I mean, I felt joy just in reading, you know, what, uh, that others were studying it and, and reading that, that paragraph that I just read. And since I've been back, you know, people asked how the retreat, you know, how'd your retreat go? You know, how was it? 
And historically, I would have said, oh, it was good. I don't know. You know, people people said they really liked it. They got a ton out of it. But, you know, I'm the facilitator, so it's hard for me to say for sure. It's like, no, it rocked. It was fucking awesome. I loved it. And someone asked me, so one in 10, how was how was the weekend? I'm like, 10, you know, and and yelled it out loud. And this is very uncomfortable for me, too, because that's bragging. That's, you know... But it's also letting my joy, you know, and I think that honors the weekend more than me dimming it some or, you know, trying to be humble about it. I could go on and on about gratitude of what it, you know, how many people and everyone that contributed to making the weekend the success that it was, but I don't need to limit my joy. And, you know, what I experienced personally, just in as a facilitator, but more so as a facilitator participant and the joy and yeah, seeing the joy that came and being in community with these women and having them experience and seeing them have breakthroughs that brought me a lot of joy. And, um, I feel immensely grateful. And, you know, if we look at how it, it helps us find out about ourselves, like I get a lot of joy out of bringing experiences to people that are meaningful Um, to have the experiences myself that are meaningful and get meaning from them. And then to share that, that brings me incredible joy. I knew that this was something that I wanted to kind of get on and talk about and, and explore. So first of all, like close your eyes for a moment and think about a time that you felt joy, right? Not just the state of happiness, but joy. And we'll even make distinguish like distinguish it from awe, from gratitude, from, you know, those, but I think they all do kind of combine and work as a mix, but just that momentary spontaneous, like, wow, you know, joy and, you know, let yourself think about times that you've had it. How can I bring more of it? Where am I dampening it? You know, like the example I just gave, where am I oh, you know, it was good or it was okay. And and catching ourselves and saying like, no, it was awesome. It rocked. And what were those moments, you know, within it, you know, because I may be having an experience that is happiness, but, and then how do I sustain it? How do I, you know, in a moment where I'm feeling that joy, I think to savor it, you know, there's studies on savoring these experiences for ourselves to make them last a little longer. But then just as I did earlier, when I brought to memory and really let myself be in the moment of that memory of times I felt joy, I'm feeling joy again. So I hope this gives you a pathway to it because we have, there's a lot we need to rewrite around joy. There's a lot of, of misconceptions around it, a lot of places where we don't maybe feel deserving of it. Um, So we want to open that space, you know, rewrite the mother code. I think as people as women, as mothers, you know, where do we find those moments of joy in our mothering? Because they're there, you know, but we really have to look for them and we have to, you know, be in touch with ourselves and be in touch with all of our emotions in order to, you know, really give ourselves the space and opening to have them. So here I am wishing you moments of joy today and throughout your days. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode. And I also really want to invite you to join my mailing list. All right. You can do that by going to my website, 
Dr. Dr. Gertrude, G-E-R-T-R-U-D-E, Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S.com. And there'll be a pop-up. There'll be ways you'll see to join uh, my mailing list, join my newsletter list, because after I just shared about all this joy, I am actually already very joy-filled thinking about my next retreat, which is in the spring. And I'm going to be opening up spaces for that in the very near future. So I want you to know about it. And I want you to have the opportunity, you know, to join in if that is something that is sparking you or, you know, you have any inkling of doing that. I want to make sure you have all the information. So I didn't want to miss this opportunity to have you. And it brings me joy every time uh, someone adds to it and I get the opportunity to have you in my atmosphere, be in yours, and to have us all learning, growing, and sharing together. Again, www.drgertrudelyons.com and sign up for my newsletter. Yay. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Rewrite the Mother Code. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included, to find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com and sign up for my newsletter. I'll see you next time.